you have your Bibles, we are in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 as we're making our way through the Bible. The title of the message today is Life and Death. So if you have your Bibles open, let's read 1 Corinthians 15, 21. It says, For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. Well, I don't know if you've uh, ever wondered why do we have to die? Why do we have to experience death? Or how did death come into humanity, right? Well, it says in verse 21, for since by man came death. Now that's speaking of Adam and Eve in the garden. Remember when God told them, hey, if you eat of this tree, you will die. Don't do it. He warned them in Genesis 2.17 where he said, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. So God warned them, but what happened? The devil lied to him and said, you don't have to follow God's word. Just do what you want. It'll all work out. And what happened? Death. Death was introduced into humanity uh, by Adam and Eve through their sin in the garden. Now, God didn't want them to experience that death. God warned them, but God gave them a choice. And, and, and so God gives us choice, but death hurts God's heart just as much as it does ours. And, uh, you know, when you think about Jesus and uh, the shortest verse in the Bible, who knows what it is? Yeah, John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. Now, if you want to memorize the verse, there's a good one. But uh, to get started, if you haven't done that. But, uh, but, but why did Jesus weep, right? I mean, he knew he was going to uh, raise Lazarus from the dead. But Jesus knew of the pain that it caused when people die, right? And, uh, you know, God did not create us and design us to experience death, I believe. In fact, I think that, as the Bible says, that we have this innate sense that we're going to live forever, right? In fact, when someone dies, there is this shock, right? I believe that, as the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3.11, he has put eternity in their hearts. In other words, deep down, there's something that inside us we know that we're going to live forever, and people are shocked when people die. And that's why Jesus wept over the pain of death that it causes people, right? And, and he wept uh, knowing that God didn't want man to experience the consequences of sin, of death, but he gives, gives us free will to choose. And, and Jesus has great compassion uh, and sympathy towards uh, those who experience the consequence of death. And, and, and so why do we experience death? Well, as it says in verse 2, for as in Adam all died. So uh, it was through the rebellion against God's word. Romans 5.12 says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sin. So this is the biblical definition for death. And, you know, the Bible teaches us that our physical body came from Adam, right? And, and uh, the results of all of the diseases and sickness come from, you know, being the genetic mutations passed down from generation to generation from Adam to us. So all of us technically are related to Adam and Eve, right? And so uh, when God made Adam's body, when he, and he made the physical body, uh, he made it to function here on earth. And as it says in Genesis 2-7, the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Now, this is the biblical definition, that God took dirt and of the dust of the earth, and we know that our physical bodies are made up of the 17 elements of the dust of the earth, and then God breathed life into his body. So, when you think about that, that's why we have life. And, and, you know, it's mystery to people, but the Bible tells us that when the spirit leaves your physical body, then your physical body goes where? Back to the dust, right? I knew that before I was a Christian, that you die, you go back in the ground, and you deteriorate, right? Now, in Genesis 3.19, it tells us, for out of it you were taken, 
For dust you are, and dust you shall return. Have you ever thought of yourself like that? That your physical body's like, I'm just a dirt bag, and then one day it's going back in the ground. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. Ecclesiastes 12 says it like this in verse 7. Then the dust shall return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit will return to God who gave it. Right? So God made your body and uh, made it and designed it so that it would function here on earth and, you know, most of us know that it's uniquely designed to function here, right? To, to take oxygen out of the air. You know, the atmosphere is 79 parts nitrogen, 20% oxygen. And God designed your blood and your cardiovascular system to pump it around. And you breathe in, takes oxygen in, and that, that gives you energy and through mitochondria and all of that stuff. And God designed all of that. Now, <clears throat> the Bible tells us that this physical body is temporary, but we're going to get a new body when Jesus, when we go see Jesus, and when we get to heaven, we're going to get a new body, right? And, and we're going to have a resurrected body. So the Bible says in 1 John 3, 2, it has not yet been revealed what we shall be like, but uh, we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. In other words, <clears throat> that we're going to have a new body, much like Jesus' resurrected body, right? So the new body is going to be designed for heaven, not here for earth. And our new body is not going to have flesh and blood. We're not going to breathe. We're not going to need to, you know, breathe in oxygen and mix that with a cheeseburger to get energy, right? I mean, we're going to have a new spiritual being, which is so good, right? Because you don't have to worry about heart disease. And, but the Bible says there is a metamorphosis going to take place, right? We're going to get new bodies. And, uh, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, a, ca- a little worm, you know, when it goes into a cocoon and turns into a butterfly, you just think that's what's going to happen to us. Now, so the Bible says that physical death is not the end. And that's why we have a living hope in Jesus, because this physical death is not the end. And, you know, when Christians have memorial services, we recognize what the Bible teaches, that when you die physically, your body goes back to the dust, but your spirit goes to be with the Lord. Now, the Bible basically teaches that the real me is not my physical body, right? So uh, it doesn't matter how short or how tall I am, right? The real me is on the inside, right? The real me is the spirit. That's what the Bible teaches. Now, my physical body is called a tent in the Bible, right? And, and most of you know a tent is something uh, that you go camping for a weekend. It's a temporary thing, right? And so the Bible says this is a temporary dwelling for 80, 90, 100 years, however long you last. Now, most people in Idaho love camping, right? And we're like, oh, we love camping. And then I'm like, well, do you go in the tent? And most people are like, well, no. When the Bible talks about this physical body being a tent, the idea is it's temporary, right? You don't want to live in a tent forever. <laughs> and so one day we're going to move out of this tent to a permanent home. Now that's important to realize because sometimes if you can get caught up in, in this physical world and this physical body and you begin to believe this is all you have and this is all there'll ever be, well, it's kind of sad. Because as you get older, stuff wears out, right? Your teeth fall out, your eyes stop working. The good news is you can't hear it very well when people say, hey, uh, and they tell you stuff, you can't hear it. And so it's like, but, you know, it wears out. And, and so we're going to get a new body. 2 Corinthians 5.1 says it like this. For we know that if our earthly house, that's this body, this tent, is destroyed, 
We have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So when our physical body dies, we go directly to be with the Lord, and we get a new body. And that new body isn't ever going to grow old, which is so awesome, right? Now, the Bible describes this new body as it says, eternal in the heavens. It's, It's a new body that's designed to dwell with God in the kingdom of heaven forever. That's the new body. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, 8, We are confident, yes, well-pleased, rather to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So when this physical body dies, then as we read, your spirit goes to be with the Lord and your physical body stays here. Here's the good news, that God gave us a solution for death because, you know, death is a painful experience when people around us die. It says in verse 21, for since by death came, or since by man came death, so man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. In other words, just as one man's sin, Adam, brought death, so too one man's sacrifice, Jesus Christ, brings life to humanity. Verse 20 says, But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. So not only did Jesus conquer death, but he also, as he rose from the dead, that he showed us that he had victory over death, but also in his death on the cross, he paid the price for our sins, that we can be forgiven. And all we have to do is to receive it. Now, Jesus said through his death that he would pay for our sins. In Matthew 20, 18, Jesus said, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. That all the things that you've done wrong, all the things that I've done wrong, Jesus paid the price for those things, right? And Jesus publicly demonstrated power and authority over death when he rose from the dead. And we studied that on on Wednesday night. And no other person in human history has demonstrated that power, right? No other religious thinker, no other religious leader has ever risen from the dead. And, And most of you know that we could go see Muhammad's tomb and we could go see Buddha's tomb. And but if we go to Jesus's tomb, guess what? It's empty, right? There was a guy at church last night. He's like, Pastor Rob, I got a picture. Let me show you right here. He's like, it's empty, right? Okay, I believe you, right? I've seen the pictures before, right? But uh, his tomb is empty. Why? Because he rose from the grave, right? And, and so we have this great hope. And, and so he says in verse four, he was buried that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures and that he was seen by Cephas, then by 12. And after that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. So he's saying, you know, look, over 500 people saw him. All the apostles saw him. And Jesus demonstrated his victory over death by raising from the dead, right? And, and so we talked about on Wednesday that, that there is more evidence and more proof of that particular event than any other thing in the history of mankind. Do you realize there's more written about Jesus than any other person in the history of the world? And it is by a far amount, right? And I can't remember, did I show that on Sunday and Wednesday about how many Bibles, seven billion Bibles? Was that Wednesday or was that last Sunday? It all blurs together. I'm here all the time. Anyway, but here's the thing. It's well documented, right? And now at Christmas season, you're going to have some goofball come on PBS and say, was Jesus really born were there really three wise men? And, and, you know, and they get the dumbest pastor in the history of pastors, and he's like, I don't know. Have <laughs> like, you ever read a book, man? I mean, do you know what the word history is? And it's like, anyway, but the reality is it's documented, right? And, and there are more books written about Jesus and about his birth and his death and his resurrection than any other 
event in the history of the world. And it is by far. I, I think it's like 7 billion Bibles and, uh, and, and hundreds of millions of books written about Jesus. I think the, the next uh, best-selling book was like 200 million. We're going to stop there because we're out of time.